Okay, go ahead. Talk. So now, oh, that looks like oh, really loud. <coughs> that was it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> my voice. Oh, I'm go. gonna. I'm gonna use my second. I think we're voice. good. Yeah, because we'll just level it out. Yeah, post. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's that's mostly where stuff happens. Yes, it all happens in post, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you guys are more comfortable in this. I'm like sitting with my hands in my pocket and you're like, oh, I don't yeah. know why you're nervous. Laughing and giddy. You've preached a thousand sermons. I know, but it's like, I'm on like, who, who 40 listens people to those? Listen, only 40 people listen to this podcast about. Okay. Although most of them 50. probably don't go to your church, I guess. Yeah. And they're all smart. Are they? Well, if Matt King and Chris Lance listen at all, even remotely, then I'm nervous. Yeah, but, but like Chris all, Lance like isn't smart. Like, <laughs> <just> yeah. Welcome back, everyone, to Closet Conversations. This is a very exciting episode. <laughs> we are here with a special guest who we've been wanting to have on for a while. Uh, the second father yeah. of the podcast. Uh, first of all, my name's Josh. My name's Luke. And our guest is... My name's Doug. And he's my dad. Josh's dad. In case you didn't know. my voice. <laughs> yeah. He's highly educated. Oh, um, yeah. No, 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 perfect. No. I love it. I love it. We're cutting that. I know nothing. No. But maybe you should tell people like what you do. Sort of. I'm I'm kind of like I don't do anything really well, so I dabble mm-hmm. in lots of stuff. So I'm a teacher part-time, a pastor part-time, a dad part-time. <laughs> right. A movie buff part-time, yeah. so. Yeah, that's true. The other thing I should maybe mention is all of the stuff that I talk about on this podcast is mostly coming from you. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and so if it sounds like there's just two Joshes on this podcast, like that's... Yeah, except for you have a cute your voice. Oh, a cute, yeah, a sexy that's voice. That's what I'm talking about. Both of those know. are good. Stop. Both of those are good. <laughs> don't, don't, don't take his side. <laughs> oh, right from the get-go, I am. <laughs> oh, okay. So this episode, we're talking about politics. Yeah. Because... Day after, is it scary? Day after the election. The day after the election, we're talking about politics. Canadian... It's the one thing you're not supposed to talk about, right? Yeah, what are the three things? Sex, politics, and oh, at, no, a sex dinner, but at a dinner sex party. Is, right? Oh, at a dinner classic. party? Like sex, their, politics, and religion. Is that, religion. That's, I think yeah, is, yeah. that's the three, I think, yeah. Yeah, we talk about all of them, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And none of them have anything to do with each other, so... They don't? I'm joking. <laughs> no. That, yeah. that sounds like you. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so... Should we start off by talking about the election that happened last night? Or do you want to wait? I think we should wait. Okay. Let's give a context to it first. Okay. So part of this is we want to talk about politics, but we also want to hear, because you have an interesting story when it comes to politics. And so I think the best way to kick yeah. it off is... Yeah, the background. The background. So what has your journey been in politics? Like, why did you change your mind about politics? Tell us that story. I did. And um, that's been kind of not as painful of a journey as some of my shift theologically. But uh, <laughs> when I get in touch with my family of origin, it sometimes is pretty painful. Hmm. So I grew up in Southern Alberta, farm family. It was... If you're a farm family in Southern Alberta and you are a an evangelical Christian, you are a right-wing political thinker. Yeah. And so I grew up in that. That was how I thought. And so when I went to university, there was I was full of a lot of self-righteousness and 
opinions, not really a whole lot of information, but opinions. Hmm. And so I did quite a few things in support of more of the right-wing politics. So I was worked with candidates, uh, both oh. in putting on forums. And I remember one time we I put on this one forum and invited all the candidates from our riding. And the conservative member declined. And the lady who took over was from the Communist Party of Canada. <laughs> I was, she was a leader of the Communist Party of Canada at the time. And so I was moderating this discussion and I was angry the whole time. And I find it funny because I would probably agree with her on almost everything now. But uh, so I, I was the, I was the guy in line at abortion rallies because that was the only real issue that mattered. Oh, crazy. And so that whole one issue politics was kind of the way I had framed most of my thinking. And um yeah. Mm. Back then, if you had thought something like env- the environment would be an issue for me or anything against gun control, it would have been, I would have yeah, declared no way. These are like part of the, almost the gospel. Right. Right. So guns and abortion. And, yeah, well, not abortion, but uh, like, anti-abortion. Yeah. Fighting those <laughs> evil abortion rights people. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Take that evil part out. But that was kind of their line of thinking, right? These are godless. Yeah. Uh, we needed to fight it. it. It was very much a militaristic kind of language in a lot of that politics. Yeah, and so some of that even was up to about fifteen years ago, where I was I was heavily involved with um, the provincial um, prime minister or uh, premier because I I knew his family and kind of Ed Stelmack. Ed Stelmack worked tirelessly kind of on his campaign. So yeah, yeah. So then, what was the shift? So one of the things is I ran into this really weird family uh, when I came to Edmonton, and there was this guy named John who both taught me to listen to <laughs> to uh, heavy metal music oh, yeah. and taught me to swear a little bit, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then he had this. This is John Garnett, of course. Yeah. <laughs> He had this brother who was in the um, running uh, for was running for the NDP. He was running for the NDP party. He was NDP party president at one point. Yeah, and uh, and all of a sudden there was I was confronted with some issues, and that discontinuity of what I thought, and then what other Christians who were far more thoughtful about things were saying, and I realized I don't have answers for that, and so that kind of space forced me to ask some political questions I had never asked before hmm. was that the main thing the main shift um, was it like was moving moving to the city was obviously huge oh yeah 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 so now you know me better than i know myself josh <laughs> <laughs> well I have more, yeah i have more questions after but there was a lot of things like it wasn't just john's yeah. Yeah. Uh, john and um jay like your dad yeah, yeah, yeah. and some of those guys um your uncle your other uncle but it was also like being exposed to other people and other ways of thinking, going to university and and realizing that my little system or set of boxes ha- and how I interpreted the world didn't really fit with reality in some ways. Right. So, so I was talking after the election last night, I was talking with some people about it. And I remember I was just recalling like my childhood when Stephen Harper became president or <laughs> boy, okay, let's go back to grade eight social studies. Oh, my God. Uh, When Stephen Harper became prime minister. And I remember, like, we were, like, we were bleeding blue, our family. Uh, 
Yes. Like, <laughs> I remember I was raised to, to dislike Paul Martin. Like, I was, like, anti-Paul Martin. And didn't he bring down the deficit? I mean, he wasn't too bad, right? <laughs> Paul Martin, he was a financial financial wizard. Yeah. Like, that... What, how long ago would that be? Because that, Ed Stelmack was... Early 2000s, like 2001. Yeah, so then... Two. Um, yeah, I was... So part of it was living in that discontinuity for a while and realizing, you know, this isn't working for me. And that, that you know, that that was in the way I thought through some theological issues as well. And after a while, and I, there were some kind of like catalyst, catalytic activity. Uh, oh man, cut Cat- that out. Cataclysmic. Catalytic kind of events. One of them being, you know, our family having the level of health difficulties, right? And so my explanations for how the world was, who mm-hmm. God was, mm-hmm. how all that worked, I kind of had to, was forced to deal with that in different ways. Yeah. Uh, living in, in some cities like Vancouver also reoriented how I thought about the poor and how, how I thought about um, how we engage in kind of changing the world or being involved in, in the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, oh, that's really makes me sad that that's not that long ago. <laughs> no, like I was in my lifetime for sure. And I, like, do, I do remember casting my first vote that was not for the progressive conservative party. Okay. And oh, that's fine. both. When was that? Was that a provincial or federal election? Uh, that would have been a federal election. So it would have been, it was, at first it was for the Liberal Party because like the NDP was pretty far out there, right? Right. That was but, like, uh, early. yeah, I, it soon became apparent for me that, that the Liberal Party was just pretty much a little bit left of the conservatives and mm-hmm. kind right. of grounded in center kind of politics. So. Yeah, yeah. So and then I guess my other question would be like, you also used to be theologically a more like, you read the King James version. Okay, that's going back to <laughs> no, when I, was I like know seventeen years. I know, old. but like, but a huge shift for you theologically. <sighs> like you mentioned, you briefly mentioned came when Krista was in the hospital. Uh, that that's kind of was a a key event as far as kind of forcing me out of some conventions. I had thought because most of how I was even thinking through my faith didn't work. In that right. kind of context, and so did those theological changes also influence your political? Oh, changes? absolutely, yeah, is, yeah, totally, yeah. Like, uh, and in every way now, right? I think it's. I think that. So, w- why do we have some nervousness talking about politics? Because the, I mean, the very word politics means the city or the people. And if I read mm-hmm. through the New Testament, Jesus is about the city and about people, and primarily, it has very tangible kinds of connecting points. It's not like, you know, are they able to recite the Shema or do they, right. you know, do they pray four hours a day? It's like, what happens with the least of these? What, how do we treat those who are poor or who, who are disenfranchised, have no voice? Right. Yeah, totally. So then, I don't know, like, I guess my question would be maybe to start off for all of us. Because we haven't said any, I haven't said anything interesting. <laughs> no, you well, have. I love it all. I'm just <laughs> listening. Like, I have no good ideas here. I just like what you're saying. <laughs> Well, it's your Uncle Jim that caused part of the problem. Yes. You yeah, and, yeah, and John. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the thing, I guess my question would be like, our faith should really influence our politics. Oh. Correct? I, yeah. So I totally, absolutely agree with that. But there's a kind of a deformed way that that presents itself to, sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like every, that, that we have to seep our Christianity into every part of the, the city but it's not in a way that brings greater life and freedom for all people. It tends to be, let's cater to a vision of 
of the kind of, and I'm, I don't even want to say the kingdom of God, but where Christianese and Christianity is like dominated over everything else. Yeah. Like enforcing the Lord's Prayer in public school. Yeah. And all like those that. kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. It's kind of like, and I, I, I have this kind of aversion to, maybe I shouldn't even say this, the shepherd's guide, right? Because we, oh, let's put the Christian business people at the forefront at our church and let's only go to them. Right. And so rather mm-hmm. than engage ourselves in the real world, let's isolate ourselves and then try to make them all live to what we want. Right. right. And um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's, that seems deformed to me now. Yes. Um, because there's two versions of it because conservative, like well, super right wing politics would say your faith needs to influence your politics as well. Absolutely. And but the way that was... manifests is completely different because yeah. it's more about like enforcing Christian policy rather than like you said before, caring for the least of these. Well, and so for me, some of it is kind of embodied in the um, in how people responded to the Roman Empire, right? You have the zealots uh, and some groups of like Pharisees, etc., who want over want to overthrow, want to right. um, they try to manipulate the system in order to try and bring about change, rather than kind of the vision of Jesus, which is, I mean, he says you know, render to Caesar what Caesar's and to God what's God, God's, but he also uh, submits to the emperor right. to the point of even dying. Right. And that's a very different way of approaching. And I think, think too often Christians get courting the idea of power and then marrying themselves to that. And I think that is, that becomes a very deformed politic and kind of deformed Christianity as well. Right. That's well said. So would you say you're I'm trying to think how to word this? It's like two different questions. Like, would you say that you're the politics that you're doing is more Christian, though? Like, would you still claim that kind of thing? And if you were, how would you make that argument to people who would say theirs is? And I don't know, I'm trying. I'm thinking about all this stuff kind of thing. I don't know if that's a good way of word. Uh, so that's a really hard question. I, and it's unfair. <laughs> it makes me. No, it's good. It's a, good, a good question. question. But it makes me feel like, like I don't want to be arrogant in that way. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And, and the left can kind of sound arrogant mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, can. We, we mock the right for being uninformed. <laughs> yeah, all and, sort of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, we can be a little pretentious and arrogant on, on the left. Oh, I shouldn't say we, but the left can sound that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm an anarchist. So now you brand <laughs> <laughs> me. Yeah. In case you haven't noticed right now, it's a really left-leaning <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. I remember when Kayla was coming out of grade 12 social, she had a phenomenal social teacher. And she said, so dad, I, I think I'm a, I think I'm an anarchistic communist. And I was like, okay, well, I can't really totally do that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I, like I, I kind of get both parts of that. Yeah. Now I totally forget your question. So how do I respond to that side that's yeah. That would be more and even that, whether or not you're also, claiming it. Okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah. No. Yeah. You. No. Uh, no. No. Please. Good. Okay. Yeah. I think history is a pretty good argument on that, right? Okay. Like whenever a version of, and I'm just going to use the Christian voice, not like we could talk about Islam or other religions as well. Yeah, whenever yeah. Christianity has been married to political power, I don't think it ever looks good. Yeah. And so no. Um, it, the I fact like that the 11th century, you know, like <laughs> yeah, Catholic, yeah. Like I kind of like the theocracy. Well, oh, maybe not the pre-crusades. Like I like the, Oh, and like uh, burning witches was a, was a great thing. Right? I like just when the Catholic church was in control of all the economy and it was nice. It was kind of a yeah. time of peace anyways, but, but that's kind of <laughs> deformed too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, now I, now I'm all I'm thinking sorry, is witches sorry. right now and I've yeah. got the Radiohead song going in my head. <laughs> burn the witch. Sheesh. Burn the witch. <laughs> 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 Um, no, so the question yes, is, yeah, sorry. 
is if you are left leaning politically, is that the more Christian perspective? Who maybe you don't have to answer that question if it's too I, difficult. I, like for the you know, I do. I part of me is going to probably want to say yes, but mm-hmm. I also I if anything I've kind of learned to understand in a lot of areas of my life is. I've seen how deformed my thinking has been at different points. And so I do not want to be pretentious and mm-hmm. say, this is the truth, therefore follow. Because mm-hmm. that's one of the things I'm criticizing. And yeah. so yeah, 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 totally. um, I would say, a, uh, like I would view uh, the need for humble theology and humble apologetics, I would say humble politics yeah. would be oh, yeah. important as well. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, now, that's really good. I don't practice that very well. And if you talk to my family of origin... <laughs> They'll validate that, yeah, right? Like yeah, I, yeah. I can, I can. You like br- to stir the pot. I love to stir the pot, <laughs> but part of it is because I realize I, I mean, if if I didn't have something that was getting in the way of what I was thinking, I would probably still think some of those things. Yeah, and so I needed that little. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I also, it's fun too. <laughs> but it's not fun sometimes the consequences of it either. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. But that's what life's all about is yeah. doing things that, that are fun. Yeah. And then regardless <laughs> of the consequences. Life's all about fun. Yeah. Yeah. Luke or not. <laughs> no, but I struggle with that question a lot too because I, when I look, and like I was talking about this with people coming up to this last election too, like when I look at what the NDP party is standing for, it seems like it's a lot more people centered politics than what the conservative party is standing for. And I think that as Christians, like it, it should always come back to people. Like it, we are, we are like called to be loving people. Like that should be the guiding principle in our politics. And so I can't help but think like that, what the NDB party is doing and what left leaning politics teaches is more gospel centered in some ways. But then I also strongly believe that we can be unified with people who are on the other side. Oh, Absolutely. And like, there's people in our church like that are more right wing leaning, and like that should not be a stumbling block in like a unified church. You know, in any, in any, in it should probably make us stronger. But there is that kind of provisor in some of the kind of de- democratic world where we come together and we we still maintain relationship, but we live in dialogue with each other. And yeah. I think there are elements of any politic that we can, if we're honest and have a kind of a humble approach, we can learn something from yeah. mm-hmm. and approach things. I mean, one of the things that uh, distressed me a lot in this Canadian election was how much the dialogue was around the core issue being how much money is in my pocket at the end of the day, mm-hmm. yeah. which does have a lot of nuances of either greed or self-interest or individualism. And all of those things are not in line with the kind of vision of Jesus. And so I think in that, to that end, there is a, there is a problem mm-hmm. um, with, with the kind of, as you say, the kind of failure to look after the needs of people. <clears throat> but I'm also reminded that change also comes through increments. And so if we like, if we in almost a totalitarian way, uh, kind of have this benevolent dictator who takes over everything and everything is people centered, right? Um, there are consequences for that kind of thing too. And perversions mm. that can happen. And, yeah. Mm. And, uh, I was reading an article yesterday about, um, who's the guy who does Facebook and Instagram, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg was making a case for, uh, billionaires and yeah. why the world needs billionaires. Oh, um, seriously? Oh, yeah, you sent this article. I sent it. You should have read it, Josh. <clears throat> Sorry. But 
because I'm trying to mold you and shape you into the image that I have of you. No, forget it. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> but he was arguing that there's so much uh, that is benefited in the world, both people wise and environment and technology and all that <laughs> through billionaires, we need <laughs> them. And I was part of me was like, okay, we, really I mean, weird. people need jobs, <laughs> but what is the cost <laughs> of that in the long run? Yeah. And something like the environment, if we actually are going to do something about the environment, um, it's going to mean pain mm-hmm. and it's going to mean a change in our pocketbooks. And if everything is all about how much money I have at the end of the day, then there's a, I think there's a deformity in that politic in my, in yeah, my book. Totally. It is interesting how much the environment was talked about in this last election too, though, like more than ever. Yeah. yeah. The problem is, is that's not represented in any way by like to the degree that maybe the liberal party might, but yeah. What you have eight and a half percent, I think, that was went to the Green Party, mm-hmm. and they have less than one percent of the uh, candidates who are sitting in Parliament. Right, and it's just one issue among right. the NDP or or the Liberals as well. So here's my tension then. If you can be in open dialogue with someone you disagree with, who's on the other end of the political spectrum, but you also believe that man, yeah. this is yeah, a this more Jesus-centered politics. What does that look like? Like, do and, you, how, and how do you convey like, it? Are you secretly, as you're in dialogue with that person, are you secretly thinking, like, trying to convince them that your politics is correct, like, or like that it's more Jesus-centered? Like, because you you disagree with them, but it's. You can still be unified, but it's like, but they're wrong. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's hard. Uh, like I, so sometimes you could do things in a passive aggressive way. So like. It's <laughs> good. I'm interested. You can. <laughs> You're giving us advice. I may be thinking of this a little bit more even theologically, but you borrow their language. And this is great. This sounds insane. I'm enjoying so, the beginning. <laughs> you say things like, like you're, you're referencing. I, I'm not even maybe talking <laughs> politics and maybe you'll cut this because I don't, we don't want to give it away, but. No, no, I love no, it. We're I'm, keeping this. <laughs> we, we believe absolutely and fundamentally in the gospel, right? But how I see the gospel is much more about what's God doing on what God's doing on the earth you know kind of in the words of Jesus about the gospel that's freedom to the captive etc but that's not what somebody on the right is thinking when I use the word gospel and so if I reiterate over and over the reality of the gospel but then kind of throw in little bits about what Jesus is saying about the gospel that are contradict their vision of the gospel right that I think can be helpful um, and so in, and so not that I'm passive aggressively trying to deal with the politics but I, it kind of is a bit that way. Right? It sounds hilariously You serve their language, right? Yeah. I, I, I like it. It sounds hilarious. No, I do like Machiavellian that. kind yeah. of, but I'm kind yeah. of. Yeah. Like, I'm, in, I'm into it. Like, I'm enjoying it. But yeah. I got what a about, lot more questions, but you go. Well, what about as well with, like, looking at this election probably being more divisive than other ones, too, right? Wow, like, it seems yeah. like that was, like, I don't know, that adds like, to the problem, right? Like, yeah. you, your last question, but add on how much even harder it is to communicate anything now. Like, Well, and everything is outrage. And this is what I'm thinking about. Ultra, everything scandal. And yeah. Hyperpartisan. Uh, stuff. Very, yeah, very hyperpartisan. And just that kind of a set of issues that each side is driving. Yeah. And so if you were to sit down, um, Joe Oil Guy mm-hmm. and Elizabeth May and a, 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 a scientist who's familiar with what's happening in relation to global warming or climatologist or something Mm -hmm. and say, okay, we have a problem here. Um, How do we work that through? Well, can you imagine even that happening? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. need like, 
Instead, it's like we retreat into our little corners of outrage and everybody has a voice. Everybody can jump on Facebook and blow blow up their entire environment based on what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And maybe some sense of truth or working together through the difficult parts of some of those yeah. issues never happens because we're never sitting in the same room as the people who we're disagreeing with. We just we just jump on the internet or we turn on the news channel or news information that will agree with our previous positions. Yeah. And so like my journey came to a point where I was confronted with things that didn't seem to make sense. Right. And so I had to kind of re-envision what the right, what the truth was or, or how I was going to navigate through this. Mm. Yeah. Do we ever get there? Do we ever come to a place where, okay, I need to rethink this and I need to sit and hear something that I'm uncomfortable hearing? Whether it's uh, how do we treat indigenous peoples or how do we handle the environment or what is the real impact of guns in our culture or uh, one of the issues that really ticked me off. Oh, man, that's way too overstated. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It really ticked me off. No, it's good. You say that in your sermons all the time. Oh, too bad. <laughs> okay. Guys, you're in the, you're almost like, you're going to be dead in the next 40 years. <laughs> That's good. Maybe 20. I was saying maybe less. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it's like, like I don't know how you're at this you point, can. you can get away with anything. Right? Do whatever I want. Yeah, except for Carrie is going to make me edit some of that out. So. Right. Yeah, I guess you should listen to it too. But Sorry. I mean, you're, so you're talking about people-centered politics. And I was, I had a physiotherapy appointment and it was $120, but I'm a school teacher. And so I just show a card. I don't pay anything. And then uh, I go to the drugstore and I get medication for one of my kids and I'm a teacher. And so I have a medical card and I don't, I pay $3 when instead it would be $450. And I realized I get all this stuff, medical care, dental care, physiotherapy, massage, right? because I'm part of the, of the wealth class in Canada. And the people who don't get that are the people who are poor, who don't have a job that qualifies enough that gives them those kinds of things, mm-hmm. um, or they just don't have enough money. And so who are the people who have things like dental care and all this stuff? It's the people who have money and influence and resources in Canada. And the people who don't have any of that are the people who do not have money. How does that, like, we we hold that value of kind of access to healthcare as important, but all of these things have huge factors and then can have an impact on kind of future generations right. because of a lack of care and and uh, opportunity. So yeah. where does our kind of sense of the need to look after the least of these fit with an issue like that? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be way more about future generations than too. Like we're it's, we're such a such an immediate culture, you know. Like it's just like we want immediate results. We don't want to invest like politically and into someone that's going to change something that will only affect our world seven generations from now or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. In regards to all these problems though, and in regards to the <coughs> divisiveness, like of all of this it, for Christians, would it not be trying to figure out a better, which, which is the better politic to hold or whatever, but instead maybe just pulling back completely retreating. Like, and, and I, like there's two versions of that form of retreating that exists, but I'm wondering if it's whichever way you go in retreating, you know, still not participating as much due to kind of either lack of solutions to these things in within the political sphere or 
you know, the pro- what problems you cause by participating effectively kind of thing. Like, I'm not thinking of pulling no, back I, out of life. Like, I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. doing, like, the Benedict option or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. but still pulling back from specifically that. And that Anabaptist is... Anabaptist Yeah, that is, I mean, that, that, I was just going to say that, that, ha- that a group of Christians have chosen that path. Um, like, would this be good advice for all Christians based on the problems that come about? To, well, or I'm not actually pushing this, I'm just wondering. No, but let, let, let me refine that a bit. Mm-hmm. So... Can we withdraw from the political, like the official political kind of stuff and still be intensely involved this in is, caring for people? That's what I'm talking about. And maybe is there a voice in that that is deeper and re- resonates more in the long term than getting elected to office and all right. of those, those things? Mm-hmm. Now, do I vote? Like, what is the level to which I would withdraw? This is what I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really. See, but I, I kind of sometimes start to feel that about a lot of things, right? Yes, yeah. Like some, even some of the scope of how people think about the gospel and how they think about church and how they think about Christianity, I, I'm, I get to the point sometimes where I go like, you know what, it's just too hard to try and walk people through so that this one and together. And I just, yeah. just want to... I want to retreat and, you know, I can bring a few like-minded people around me and try and do something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something like this. It seems the easy way out almost maybe. Yeah. Don't say that because that was exact topic that I preached on on Sunday about that our, as a culture, we have promoted a life that gravitates towards that, which is easy or comfortable. That's what I'm saying. That's, I don't think it's right. Do you think it is? Cause I I would argue it's the hard way out. Like if you look at people like Shane Claiborne, cause it's it's not someone who's completely just becoming a hermit. Yep. Like I'm, 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 oh, not, yeah. I'm that, talking about I, I'm talking about kind of Herman idea. is the easy way out. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No <laughs> doubt. But what Shane Claiborne doing and also this guy, Jim yeah. Wallace, is <clears throat> the hard guy? way. Jim Wallace? You're pointing to the book. This is a <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I said Jim Wallace. Oh, okay. I said it, you said I said it this guy as you pointed to the book. <laughs> yeah, I said this guy, Jim Wallace. And uh, you said, which guy is it, Jim Wallace? <laughs> okay. It's Jim Wallace. The heretic Jim Wallace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but th- those kind of people, yeah, that, that is the hard road. I agree. Mm. Yeah. Well, and Sorry, to James, pr- we didn't have to go that direction. No, no, totally. And to prove your point, um, there's a film coming out on December 13th um, called The Hidden Life by okay. Terrence Malick. Uh, uh, Hidden Life, actually. Uh, Hidden Life, sorry. <laughs> and that's the precise point, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking yeah. into the mess of this world, yeah. but doing right. it in a way that is count, completely counterintuitive mm-hmm. as far mm-hmm. as our culture. Yeah. I think that's what Jesus is talking about, too, when he's talking about the narrow path, you know? Like, no, no, that's like there's like there's an actual path that goes up to heaven, and it's three and a half yeah, feet wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you I said think this is right. yes to the four <laughs> spiritual laws, you, you can go on that path. You taught me what I'm about to say. <laughs> the narrow path is is people like Shane Claiborne who take the hard climb yeah. of like this is agreed like following Jesus even when it is there's tension and it does not make sense. Yeah. Like yeah, but also everyone's going to hell too. <laughs> <laughs> That was covered <laughs> off in the first podcast. I'm not even going there. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so I, I have a question then, like, for maybe all of us can answer it. What piece of advice would you give a Christian engaging in politics? Yeah, I like that. That's good. Like, what would you say to someone? That's better than Do you mean if we're not going to kind of, let's go the Claiborne option. If we're not going to do that? Or no, do just you mean, in general. No, no, just, yeah, like, I like general okay. better. Just yeah. like, in general, like, you're talking to a, a general Christian person. And just probably like someone how, who already is participating in politics. Yeah, someone who bit. is participating yeah. in politics. So it's just like someone who's not like a radical Shane Claiborne, just like regular person. Like, what would you say to them? Like, how should they engage in politics as as a follower of Christ? I'm going last. 
Sure. <laughs> I have no answer to this. I don't know. Do you want to go Read first? Read back then? a little. Like, <laughs> become an anarchist. <laughs> become an anarchist. Christian anarchist. Um, well, a couple things jump out at me. One is, and this is uh, maybe was one of the challenges that I, one of the things that I was challenged by, and that is your politics can't be one issue that gravitates you towards that, right? And so for me early on, it was that abortion issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, Am I, do I grieve at the scope of that issue? Yes. Is it as simple as just simply let's protest and, and try and change that? No, it's not. It's, it's far more complex than that. And so I think by just having a single issue kind of focus, we reduce politics to almost like a transaction. We just, Hmm. you know, let's do this one thing and then, then this is exactly what will happen. And you take a look at the scope of that, right? I mean, I was, I was um, working when Reagan was prime minister in 1984. President. Wow. President, sorry. <laughs> you guys did the <laughs> Oh, <slide>. my word. <laughs> it was like I was, real excited. I was so working weird. when Reagan, I was working in the Reagan administration. No. <laughs> I'm surprised you even called me Brian yet. I'm sorry, podcast. Brian. <laughs> um, I was... <laughs> I was involved I don't when know Reagan was accidental was, or a joke. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you're involved with Reagan. No, I wasn't involved with Reagan. In the but I really liked him. Because, you like Reagan? That's great. Because he had yeah, but Reaganomics is brutal. Yeah, I know. No, I'm excited to like Reagan. Like it's a bad man. Like he's a he's not just a bad president. He's a bad man. <laughs> and he trained monkeys and played with them on his like bedtime for Bonzo is like the famous TV show he was on. That's his thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um. But because he made the promise that we will reverse Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was kind of it coalesced a whole bunch of Christians. Mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell and the Moral yeah, Majority yeah, kind of got behind Jerry. that. Oh, well, yeah. maybe. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and his son's just a piece of work yeah. too. Yeah. If you gave him an enema, he could be buried in a matchbox. That's the classic Christopher <laughs> Christopher Hitchens line after he died. He said if you gave him an enema, oh, yeah. he could be buried in a matchbox. Yeah, it's my favorite. Episode. That's <laughs> yeah. genius, anyway. Yeah. Sorry. So genius. I. <laughs> The one issue stuff I think is is really a problem, mm-hmm. and so the, like a much more contemporary example of that is how the evangelical community has bought uh, the entire Trump politic and and has sacrificed all kinds of integrity about how they think about a number of issues that are in der- they're they're thinking and partisan partisan with Trump on issues that are completely against the gospel and everything that Jesus is about the prophets are about in the Old Testament because they had the promise that if they align themselves with Trump they'll get conservative judges who will go to the Supreme Court and win over um, key cases including Roe v Wade mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the evangelical cause right and in the process, they've they've swallowed a camel. So what's oh man? <laughs> I'm just like I'm you sorry. guys. I can't quote the Bible properly. <laughs> they've um, strained out the gnats and they've swallowed the camel. Yeah, yeah. right. And I don't know that reference, but and so they've they've completely um, aligned themselves with Trump. And right. the gospel is being hurt significantly. And so when I talk to my colleagues who are, you know, they're, they're teachers, they're thinking people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I uh, talk to students, which I do quite a bit about a number of issues, that whole idea of the image of Jesus that's represented in the world that we know is abortion protesters saying God hates blah, blah. I can't say that word, I guess. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, don't say it. <laughs> uh, and and who vote for Trump? Yeah, and I think I think history will will say a lot about how 
significantly the gospels, the real gospels been hurt by that kind of a lot of associations. And it's a lot of single issue politics. that's driven that and the the thirst for power. And that's, that's a huge problem. And so you'd say to Christians, it's not about power and it's more, it's more than just one issue. Yeah. Those are kind of the two things. I have one other thing, but I'll wait till you guys have stepped in because you might say it. Right. Yeah. Just better education then would be the advice uh, effectively like on, Politics and stuff, basically yeah. for Christians, like because that, like that's the reason things are one issue. Usually, is because people don't have a very big understanding of all the different issues. Basically. Yeah, right. but actually listening to people who you disagree with. Yeah, don't listen yes. to try and change their mind. Yeah, yeah. don't listen to oh, try and convince them later. Yeah. Actually, hear what they're saying. Yeah, and maybe maybe don't interject what you're thinking. That is harder than it than it is. It's harder to do than it is to say though, because like well, even bad. like. Us dialoguing with like far right wing people, I find that hard. I find that very difficult to listen to them because you get angry on the inside. Yeah, I don't yeah. express it. <laughs> of course you don't. <laughs> yeah, I just push it down. <laughs> no, I'm coughing. <laughs> we cough all the time. It's classic. <laughs> <laughs> laughing into coughing. Oh dear me. <laughs> Yeah, better education is great advice. I don't yeah. know if that's actually what it is. I, 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 it's amazing. I, I, I feel sucky and People lame, our age, the difference in politics between people who go to Nate mm-hmm. and people who go to University of Alberta or... <laughs> that's elitist, though. It, like, it does sound like sounds, I know it sounds elitist, but people at Nate... And it I like here. oligarchy. They right? aren't. Like, forget <laughs> that. I'm a demo. I am full d- democracy. Believe in person. Yeah. I mean, I almost but, want to scrap this episode well, and just get into a big discussion <laughs> yeah. about. Pause. So, pause. <laughs> let me restate what Josh just said. No, I'm not no, done. No, 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 I just. I'm a. I'm a full democracy kind of believe in person. <laughs> Come on, brother. <laughs> Is that how I worded it? Almost. Um, I couldn't figure out. I was going to say a Democrat, but that didn't sound right. But. Yeah. They don't like people who go to Nate aren't given the proper education to understand like oppression. Like yeah, maybe I now fully regret my statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you're okay, you know what? Like, wait a second. You, you just insulted a lot of our friends, Josh. <laughs> no, but it's not their fault. I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm just saying okay, we let's need cut the Nate comment. We need a more holistic education yeah. where people understand that there is like societal structures that are oppressing people. Some people just don't know that and they're in their 30s. Yeah, or 50s. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean for for me in the context I'm in where I run into that a lot is around the whole um well the environmental question for sure, but around how do we handle the indigenous community and the issues there. And there's so much misinformation and if ever we've lived in a, a time when misinformation thrives, it's now because Anybody can yeah. come across as a, an authority and have a platform. They can, two guys in a basement can start up a podcast <laughs> and think they know something about the world. Frick. <laughs> um, Luke loves it when you say fake news, so you should just say. Yeah, oh. say some fake news stuff. Yeah, oh, fake news. Is stupid. I hate oh. the term. I don't even like <laughs> It's stupid. Yeah. No, you're right. I, w- I have three pieces of advice I'd give it. Oh, wow. We only got one? Well, you, you had a bunch of things. Yeah, I know. But I had none. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's no, you had one. You're better education. That's good. Yeah, I don't know. Noam Chomsky, Jack Alula, Like, just go talk to, listen to those guys. And yeah, yeah. Your life but you know, like, like, that's true, right? Like, I don't think that's education. And I, maybe that's, that's why I didn't even like using the term. I'm a high school dropout. I don't well, like education. I turned I'm, it into education. For somebody who's, I'm a school teacher, right? I yeah. teach in the public school system. Yeah. And there is this kind of, I think, 
perverted sense that education is a panacea that'll solve all yes, the world's yeah, problems. No, and it's so much use. And that. just because I know more <laughs> about something doesn't mean it changes me as a person. Yeah, yeah. And so knowledge isn't is it like it doesn't solve all the problems. Yeah. I think it helps. Yeah. And that's why I was saying, you know, if we actually listen to voices that differed from us rather than only navigate around mm-hmm. the kind of voices of assent around us. Mm-hmm. We'd be better off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just hit on two of my piece of advice. Yeah, advice number one is your politics and who you vote for isn't going to save you. I think so often we get into that like thinking this election, like it's it's everything's on this oh, election, yeah. you know, and like we have to vote for the right person. Otherwise, the world, end of the world is coming. And like that's such a non-biblical way of Jesus is the person who deals with our sin, not our, like who we vote for doesn't deal with the heart of the problem in the, in the world and in our hearts. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't deal with sin. Like we need to seek Jesus to do that. It sounds like an, like an obvious thing to say, but I think it's like important. Nonetheless, you have to like remind yourself of that going into an election. You know what I mean? Well, and where I think that hits somewhat too is around the Christian kind of notion, oh, God has placed those people in power at the at the right time to do his to, to do what he wants. Therefore, God wanted Donald Trump to be the president of the United States. Yeah. And I'm not saying that in a way that Like Franklin Graham said. Yeah. Like Franklin Graham said, or I'm not saying it in a way that uh reduces any sense that God is in control, right? Yes. But is the will of God that evil should flourish? No, it's not. No. Right? In the in the kind of broad sense of the will of God, oh, does God allow evil to exist and then work behind it mm-hmm. and, and, and in spite of it? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm distracting from what you said. You That's had a good point. No, but what you were saying, like, you know, like when I look around at the world and all the problems in our own backyard and in other countries as well, I so clearly see evil, you know? And then I look inside myself and I so clearly see the same evil and like nothing in politics, no political party, no campaign, no political leader is going to fix that, you know, because that we're all, I really believe in sin. Like there's a sin, like there's this weight on this, on the world. You know what I mean? And like so often I Christians get wrapped up in thinking that our political leader is going to be our savior, you know? And we'd so quickly forget that now Jesus is our savior. And so that is probably. Except for, okay, can I push back on that a bit? Sure. So this is the tale of two Grahams. Billy Graham uh, lived in opposition in some ways to a guy named uh, Jerry Falwell because Billy's idea was that the gospel is the thing that will bring about change in the world. And, And I think it's a reductionist view of the gospel that it's like you, you say. Don't you like prayer. Billy Graham? Though I love Billy Graham. In fact, Billy Graham was a huge influence in my life. Right. But oh, you distracted me. <laughs> so Billy's thought was that uh, that we don't we're not going to bring about change by the by political maneuvering by moral majority political action, uh, all right. those things. It's, it's by going. preaching the gospel. Going. Yes. Whereas his son mm-hmm. has taken mm-hmm. a much different stance, even to the point when, when Samaritan's Purse was started, it said that the hands and feet of Jesus look, in, as the gospel, look like they're caring for the poor. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, is that movement by Franklin has become much more overtly political and courting power, especially mm-hmm. in this last administration, and I think has become very perverted in that. And so I, I don't want it to be like, yes, God ultimately is the only one who can bring about change. Yes. But it's 
it does mean that we are actually involved with people on totally. the ground in every way. It's not yeah. just this hyper, like disconnected spirituality, like almost a Gnostic vision that we only are concerned with the, the stuff up here. Gonna say, I knew yeah. you were going to say Gnostic. I always I say Gnostic in oh, every no. episode. I was about <laughs> I was like, to say it again. Comes. I was here about to say it again. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, these guys are both going to say Gnostic. <laughs> oh, I'm too predictable. Here we go. I was yeah. going to say, I'm too predictable. Maybe you are. <laughs> well, on the podcast when we had Jay on, they were making fun of me and you for like, we're all about like, Physical pleasure. Oh, because we always bring up. Not to say we don't like physical things. Like we always make that clarification. Not just purely spiritual. <laughs> but you're right. Billy Graham was the more spiritual one. Franklin Graham was the more physical one. I guess. No, no, no. You're totally. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Reduce though. the doubt. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. I get 100 percent what you're saying. And I guess I'm just saying. I completely agree with that, but our salvation isn't placed in our political party. It's placed in Jesus, is what I mean. Yes. Ultimately. Ultimately. Ah, what does salvation mean? Like, if you only (laughs) tell me right now, you don't agree with that? Yes, I do. Okay. But, like, I'm having the time of my life right now. This is so fun. (laughs) (laughs) If if your view of salvation is only this kind of heavenly transaction. Oh, I don't know what I'm saying at all. Okay. Because the gospel is, like, if you read through the book of Amos, the gospel is like justice to the poor. Yes. Um, Even when Jesus announces that that he is carrying the gospel, it's freedom from oppression. And I've lost the rest because I don't know the Bible at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's like four things there. Yeah. yeah. Set the captive free. Uh, what? Do justice, love mercy. That's Micah 6. Eight. That's Micah 6. 8. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my word. Okay. We have to cut that. No, 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 no. The, no, biblical, no, this is all the false, gold. the bad, oh. the bad biblical references are a part of this. I'm going to re-listen oh. to this podcast like yeah, seven I'm times. A pastor. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Oh my word! <laughs> so no, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> now I'm outraged. I completely like what Martin Luther King Jr. did in the civil rights movement. Engaging in politics was, was complete. The, was the gospel? Yes. He was living out the gospel Absolutely. by doing that. Yeah, completely. But we just our our faith isn't in the party. Our faith is in Jesus, and uh, that influences yeah, our. That's good. I like that. That's better. Yeah. Um. Second, my second piece of advice. <laughs> wow. Is would also be similar to that is don't place your identity in who your political party is. Yeah. You know, like I'm a Republican. Exactly. You don't say I'm a Republican Christian. Like what is that? There's so many pieces of identity that get adopted as well. Like there's the weird thing of people who are generally left-leaning people are generally right-leaning seem to, also then ascribed to like things within that, like you, like they listen to country music or, you know, like they do oh, a lot yeah, of the yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. same yeah. things together. Like it gets kind of, yeah. the minute you take one thing, you get a bunch of other things as right. well on top of yeah. it. So in 2015, there was a party that ran a number of candidates through Canada called the pirate party. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I heard of and I was thinking that's super cool. Like what do you like dress up like pirates? <laughs> but it actually had nothing to do with that kind of pirate. It was more around the issues of piracy mm-hmm. and uh, digital information and all that kind of stuff. Right. But I thought, so weird. If I'm going to brand myself, I want it some, a cool name like the Pirate Party that I want to kind of attach myself <laughs> to. So you voted for the Pirate Party? No, I did. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be. But that would be the one I would yeah. maybe. And so, yeah, I think yeah. you need to place your identity, identity first, like in God, like. Which sounds like I'm, I feel like such a like a weird Christian right now. You sound like a Christian anarchist. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like I'm not gonna say like I'm an NDP Canadian. Like that's not who I am. I'm first. No. I'm firstly a follower of Christ. You know. 
Yes. And I like using that language as opposed to Christian even now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for because sure. Because <laughs> the language even around or the understanding about what does it mean to be a Christian. Well, it's so wrapped up in politics. Is wrapped up in politics. Yeah. I mean, the original use of the word was kind of a derogatory term used by people who are not a part of the faith, right? Mm-hmm. They called mm-hmm. those people over there Christians in a, in a kind of derogatory way. And I think it has that note now. And so to wear that as a badge, badge of kind of identity is maybe a bit misnomer, especially because of its tie to the politics in Mm-hmm. In in the United States, in especially. States, yeah. yeah, and then my third piece of advice would be, like you guys have said mentioned before, is open dialogue. I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about, like, he was basically just, like, almost sarcastically saying, all the problems of oppression in the States would be solved if every week around the country there were weekly meetings between white supremacists and black women in a peaceful way. And I was like, yeah. Like, that sounds great. Like, we need to have more of that. Like, complete, honest, open, and loving dialogue between people who are complete opposites of you. Like, if that were to happen, and I think we'd quickly realize how much more we have in common with each other than how much we're divided. Do you want to get that going? You have influence. You're a pastor. You could maybe <laughs> start no, a couple of those I events. do not have influence. <laughs> get a couple of good Christian political meetings happening <laughs> with... Uh, see, I'm... I. Yeah, Danielle's texting you, Josh. I almost called you Brian. Oh, crap. <laughs> Danielle's texting I'm you, Brian. I'm looking at my notes. Oh, okay. I'm not, te- I'm not texting right now. <laughs> oh, this is great. This, this is, is so good. This is horrible. <laughs> this episode's getting better and better. <laughs> I'm going to say stupid you, things, Luke? and then I just get to enjoy this. <laughs> so, like, is there a game show or anything you guys are going to do at the end of this? <laughs> do you have a game show? What did you vote for? I have a couple questions for the past that six I wouldn't elections. mind asking you guys. Okay, that's great, because we basically wrapped it up. We can talk briefly about the election, if you want, but I thought you said a really a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think so. Oh, I'm loving this. This is like entertaining for me, like hardcore. Not I, my, okay, my last question for you before we, we okay. close. Or do you have no, a, I, no, I, I, I want to push back on some questions for you guys. Okay. You, go, you do your thing first. Yeah, I'm interested. Okay, so first question. Um, you, you're answering first, by the way. Okay, good. Um, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> so I'm going to push back on the whole notion that democracy is a good thing. Uh, oh man, man you're right. I'm so you're excited. Head first. <laughs> I love I'm it. I'm going to get passionate. I hope so. Um, okay, I don't so, care at all. <laughs> I, the, one of the basic tenets of democracy is mm-hmm. a kind of a almost uh, an, a moral code that everyone's living. La, 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 yeah. la, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so actually, I'm going to turn this. Josh has to answer this one first. Oh, okay. okay, I want to so hear it though. I'm okay. thinking historical actions of a democracy and the choice they make. One criminal was standing before the crowd and the governor uh, held it out for a plebiscite whether or not this criminal should die by the execution on a cross. And the mob voted... Okay, I'm not going to go with the mob. The crowd in the plebiscite said, yes, kill that man, Jesus of Nazareth. And the criminal, you let free. So that's democracy at at its height. Not height. Sorry, I'm not saying that. Yeah, it's height. What are you trying to say here? No, there is an element to which the mob rule, especially uninformed, um, immoral, uh, politically motivated, is a problem. Okay, populism, demagogue stuff. Yeah, Yeah, like so. Yeah, so now Josh is on the hot seat, and me and Luke are in it. (laughs) I could not disagree more. Okay, I could not disagree more. So was it was that a democratic situation there in that context? Yeah, but Jesus is proving a point. 
He's proving a point saying, look at, look at the depravity of humanity. Even when you are all together making a decision, you fail. You may, you, you kill God. That is what God, that's what Jesus is saying in that we are completely depraved as humanity, but democracy is the best we can make of, of what we are. Like we can't, and you're not a product of the environment you've been created in and just have this kind of natural assumption that democracy is the highest end politically. I just can't see any other option. I can't. What's the other option we have? The people who are educated voting and the people who aren't not voting. But you were saying that a little bit earlier. You don't want people from Nate voting. Oh, I think I, I want people from <laughs> Nate voting. I just want people from Nate to be taking native studies classes. Okay. We probably should like negate the Nate thing because that <laughs> a number of our friends are a part of that group. So. <laughs> That's, I want to leave that stuff in the most. It's oh fine. my word. I love Nate. I love everyone that goes to Nate. Clint this Blair. I love you. Like Josh moment. it's just the thing. <laughs> I just wish that you, I wish that you had, cla- we were forced to take classes that uh, give you some perspective. I, this is, I'm digging myself deeper here. Yeah, I like it though. It's good. Oh dear me. But in that situation of the mob voting for Jesus, like that, that was God's plan. Like he knew that was going to happen. You know what I mean? He showed us perfectly in that scenario that man, humanity's messed up. Like, because I don't, I don't know if this is, a, you have this coming up, but what's the alternative? In theory, like, I'm not even saying I love democracy. Like I, you know, I just am wondering if the, there is a, a something that you perceive as, be, a, theocracy. as a better alternative. A oh, theocracy. No, I'm not going to say theocracy. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. because well, <laughs> I mean, love me some theocracies. Sorry. Yeah, look at that historical. Like, how does that I know work it's out got for you? a lot of, but there's a couple good areas, a couple centuries that <laughs> I know, like Louis the Thirteenth. I actually <laughs> think communism got a bad shake, and if we I should try care. it I again, don't know <laughs> <laughs> yikes. <laughs> I, so I mean, if you go from you know theocracy, uh, God saying um, that uh, I will appoint judges and they'll become from the prophets, but now you guys want a king just like all the other nations, mm-hmm. and then we move from that to more feudal structures in different parts of history Feudalism. to various degrees of monarchy that are some are brutal and some are good and right. achieve mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. and then you know in the eighteen hundreds, Engels and Marx start thinking together and they come up with that idea. Is there not maybe another way we can think about this? Oh yeah, for sure. That is different than pure democracy. <laughs> Josh is unable to talk like right now. He's shaking his head. It's and his so, mouth is open so wide. It's just so democracy is just so clearly. I mean, the question is: Are we talking about democracy, true democracy, as in like? Talking about true communism, like something that was never manifested, just theoretical. Yeah, because we don't live in a different. democracy, right? right. That's, that's absolutely that's that's my big argument. This situation. That's my like big argument. The, is like you know, democracy is yeah. the way, but we don't live in a democracy. We live yeah. in a in a world where single black moms in the states are in line all day to try to vote, and yeah. they don't and get to. They're, corporations they have get more there influence the polls, than governments. Before and, yeah. the polls are, cl- are cl- like so they get there when the polls. Close, how do we deal with that? Because so yesterday. Um, 70% of Albertans voted in favor of the Conservative Party, um, shutting out, except for in your riding, any other kind of dissenting kind of political voice. Is that the NDP riding? The NDP riding is Josh. That's you. Hey, you did it. (laughs) His vote must have counted more than mine. (laughs) Exactly. No, but how did you know I voted for it? So it's like you have 70%, and that is fed by mostly 
the, 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 the economic situation that's at play and a whole lot of misinformation about what is actually happening with the climate yeah. and all of those kind of things. So at, at what point is that the best voice? And how do you live when that is the voice right. and it's just so far away from, uh, I don't want to get in trouble here, seems so far away from really understanding the issues. Yeah. Except for how much money do I have in my pocket? Now, my job isn't dependent on the oil patch. So I obviously am biased in a way. Yeah, totally, somebody yeah, whose yeah, paycheck yeah. and whose livelihood, totally. where, they're, where they're trying to meet the needs of their family, is dependent on that. Yeah. And, and it's so, so important who's more biased? to understand that perspective too, because oil is like a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And you, we can't just get rid of the oil industry overnight as much as I want to. Wow. I love leaving Josh in these things by himself. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just can't believe, like, I just can't even believe that you would even question democracy. Like, it's just so clearly. I question it in the same lines with the kingdom of God. I question it in the same way that I question communism, because both of them have become so perverted and watered down and ineffective in a real understanding of a communist ideal. I could I could fully find a scent there. Yeah, sounds great. It didn't look that way though when it had. And I think the same is true for democracy. And so I don't know that God believes in democracy. Like the very act. The very act of God. Do you know my mind of God? (laughs) (laughs) The very act of God creating human beings is a with free will is a belief in democracy. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. Isn't it? But do you mean because they have free will and they can make choices or because he gave us free will, we can make choices. And he said, you're stewards of my creation. And we it up. (laughs) Yeah. We big time. Yeah, but that do. God still chooses to trust his people, even though we make the wrong decision. And that's I, so true. I, yeah, that's and pretty, I do like that. Case. That's really case believe that yeah, we should that. choose to trust people, even though we over and over and over again, make the wrong decision. What about if we put more kind of like, all right, I believe in, in, in an elitist. If, if the only people in the elitist were like prisoners or something, then okay, that's what yeah. <laughs> I'm <joking>. Well, and <laughs> I, I mean, that's been the human that's been the struggle throughout human history is who is there to stand up for the voiceless, uh, for the people who don't have power, who don't have influence or, or money or any of those things, who's going to stand up for them. And that's why all the way through the old Testament, uh, you have Israel as kind of the son, the, the, um, the, the, the blessing of God was intended to be the voice for those people mm-hmm. and they failed and God reams them out and he acts against them and he brings them back and then they mm-hmm. mess up again. Yeah, it's true. That is the story of the Bible. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. It's not a story of democracy. It's a story of humanity (laughs) messing up. Yes. But the story of democracy is also the story of humanity messing up. Yeah. How do we deal with like the issues now of kind of very tribal segregated politics of kind of volatile Is this your other question for us? No. I kind of did it already. Like how do we deal with that as Christians? The hostility, the kind of name calling, the assumptions about the other side that happen on both sides. Yeah, um, it does happen on both sides more now than ever. Yeah, like. and and how do we read through all of the information out there and actually understand how to be in, informed voters in a democracy or as Christians even? I mean, don't you just have to abandon the uh, the tribes? 
to get rid of tribalism, more or less? Like, don't you just have to collectively come together as a not a group that doesn't ascribe to anything and then go through all the information together? Because, like, well, we'll, you know, strength in numbers sort of thing. Right. And at this point, we just say we don't believe in anything until we've figured this all out sort of thing. So you like re- it's like a reset button almost. Kind of, like, right? Like, imagine... Not if, reset like Batman reset. Not like Dark Knight reset. Well, I mean, you know, that, I'm open to that too, but... <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, you know. So Jody Wilson-Raybould won her seat last night. She yeah. sits in as independent. I kind of like a lot of her kind of politics, her okay. understanding. Then that's the reset. Let's all align ourselves around a new politic led by her. Oh, no, it's more like go fully from scratch. Because we, we have no that. No parties. We have that luxury, too. Because, mo- like, if you take just a small group, the Brethren community and uh, Edmonton, you know, or the area around Edmonton or whatever. Right. Everyone, like, there's enough, I don't know, like, it's not like we, I think a lot of these people don't, there's, I mean, there's a mix of wealth and stuff, but a lot of these people that I know for sure in these communities are economically well off that they could pull out temporarily to take the time to go through all of this and collectively kind of figure out what we think. And not like as a unified force, but just more like use all of our manpower to do the due diligence to look at everything maybe and then come to conclusions after whereas we're like we're just going with like what we have in front of our faces and then just being like uh that one sort of thing seems right. vaguely the best even though it's usually pretty uneducated and usually we don't even know exactly what these guys think and none of them are very trustworthy and stuff yeah i, I don't know it, it's, it, it's the, whole, the whole system's so messy in the way that it happens like that's what i mean like you can't do it pro- you can't you have yeah. to leave it to properly re-enter it or something kind of thing maybe yeah but what if you do find some a, a voice that you resonate with i'm not saying jody wilson ray yeah what yeah if, what if i i think you're dumb if you do right like i mean because they're all liars <laughs> okay. like i'm not being harsh to you i just mean like i, I like bernie sanders in Luke theory me an and idiot. he seems pretty consistent no you're smarter than me but like i like bernie sanders he seems pretty consistent but i don't ultimately really trust him i'm just like yeah he seems sort of like the best out of like I trust a all of them. collective of <laughs> heads, but like he's probably one too. So I just well, he <laughs> makes a lot of money too, and like he makes a crap ton of money. Yeah, he's a millionaire, and so but I mean, regardless yeah. of that, even if it's like he seems to be consistent. But I on love his, Bernie. I know, I know, he seems really likable, but I'm like even still, I'm just like he doesn't resonate with me that much yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, really. Yeah. So I'm kind of like if someone resonates with you. I'm just like, what if like Wendell Berry know. was running? For well, president. yeah, but the problem is anyone who. <laughs> Is true would never do it, so it's not an issue. There's no one who's right. actually really, really good. Anyone who run. you actually would believe in, one hundred percent, would never run. Would never run. They never do. Donald it. Glover's not going to run for president. Yeah. Sorry, Uncle Jim. Oh yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knows who I am. <laughs> yes, he no, does. he doesn't know my name. <laughs> He's like a hundred and fifty niece and nephew. So. Yeah, it's fair. I don't see him ever. Do you have any other? Final closing question. Oh, that's it. That's a response to my thing. Thomas Jefferson said, democracy is nothing more than mob rule where 51% of the people have the right slave to... Slave owner right. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, they take away slave. the rights of the 49%. I thought you, I just convinced you both of my argument earlier. I agree, actually. You <laughs> know, my argument I, and Thomas Jefferson, I mean, it's, come on. No, I think that is... I, sorry, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, that was funny. That was really <laughs> funny. Ah, it was sarcastic. You are joking. I was kind of. But, um... I you still I struggle back. with democracy. Though. I still struggle no, and I love in that. the I love sense that. that for me, and this is, and you know this, I don't find an easy place of resolution in any of these spheres. Mm. And I don't want to settle in, oh, this is exactly what it is. This is because I think the moment I do that, yeah. not just p- politically, but um, in my own too. journey with Jesus and the failure in my life, in the way I think um, and try to understand even something of who God is. Yeah. 
I can't just say, okay, now it's fig- I figured it out. And so I really like that. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of a humble politics, similar to a humble theology. Yeah. I think that's really important. It'd be my kind of end game. Yeah. Thanos style. Thanos style. Oh, yeah. End game. <laughs> just plan off that. Um, we were talking earlier about our favorite presidents of the United States. Do you have a favorite president? Oh, yeah. That's good. Oh, I'm wow. into that. I would lie. Like, I know. I, I, like, I like a lot of Jimmy Carter, but I have to say, in some ways. No, no. no. Yeah, what? keep going. Sorry, keep going. Keep Jimmy Carter is also my favorite president, but I'm embarrassed now because yours too. I I have to say I I when I so worried. I know I'm <laughs> no. so worried. You're gonna hate this. Yes, we can to opportunity. And I, was, I was worried. I was worried. Okay, go ahead. I I think <coughs> it was broken in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I think the voice Drones. of Obama. I know uh, absolutely, and that makes me appalled. No, like changing warfare in a way that nobody really yeah. has understood. Yeah. yeah, and is far more toxic and violent than probably yeah. has. And where that could go is even more. Scary. That's oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. Um, or where it From maybe is phone. going now, we just don't know yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. But uh, when I read Hope again, it has the kind of almost uh, Martin Luther King-esque kind of hope for a, a better vision of humanity. And I don't, I know that Obama did not deliver. Believe in democracy was Barack Obama. Pardon? Barack Obama believed in democracy more than I do. Ugh. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Got a feeling he really didn't. No, he didn't. No, he yeah. likes power. He read um, it on a Facebook page. Yeah. So. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> um, but so like, I, I, I love that. Potential, yeah. But I, I obviously, it's broken. Just yeah. like any of those other things. Say, say that you love Barack Obama. I do love Barack. Can Obama. Can you also say you're an anarchist? Maybe Christian anarchist. Um, just think about maybe going that. <laughs> uh, I, I tend to be more towards Christian anarchist slash Christian communist than okay, yeah, pure. But I mean, when we're talking communism, we're dealing more economics than we are yeah, purely yeah, uh, yeah. political. Yes. Politics. So you're yeah. Christian anarchist, democratic socialist. Who voted yesterday for a party? <laughs> Cut that, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, where's the music? What? Where's the music? You had the music yeah, after. after it's oh. in the edit. Yeah. Nice. You thought we did it? <laughs> we just play it. <laughs> we'll sing it this time. No. No, you just said a lot of good things. Yeah, I love that. I could hear yeah. you talk about all this stuff for yeah. longer. Yeah. I mean, uh, this, we I could mean, talk for. I think we could talk for another hour. I think all of this is we are all in the middle of the struggle and the tension, and that's a good place to be. And then, mm-hmm, so in that mm-hmm. case, I would say let's not withdraw. Let's try to continue. And, well, you know what? Your vision of withdrawing is actually engaging. In not, theory, yeah, yeah. yeah. In not theory. personally, but yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And like, uh, it's so tricky. Like, it, like you said, there's so much tension in politics. Like there isn't anything. Like there's not many things that are black and white other than democracy, sort of thing. But, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but I think I think there is so much tension. And it is like an ongoing thing. And so when there is that amount of tension, having a humble approach that errs on the side of love more than truth, if I can use those words, mm-hmm. is better. I think because it's more Christ-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's good. Then, so Danielle texted again. <laughs> oh, she loves you, Josh. Oh, gosh. We can't. <laughs> That's David. Oh, boy. If you would like to send us an email as to why we're wrong, send us your favorite president or your who you voted for or why you're scared about the results of the election. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> Anything, you can send us an email at closetconversationspodcast.gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. My name's Josh. My name's Luke. And my name's Doug. Thanks for listening. No gods, no masters. Why did you say that? <laughs>